Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome again to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly bringing you Money Tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate, and ultimately enjoy more money. Today, I wanted to run through some of the the news that's been around and, and has been in the the financial news over the last week or so, and it, it pertains to really what's happened in early June. So, whenever you're listening to this, some of you may be listening to it fairly soon after I broadcast on say Facebook or or on YouTube, others it might be a week or two before you hear it uh, at any time. But I think most of it will still be around, will still be relevant anyway. Um, so just go through some quick fire stuff. Uh, Monzo Bank has been in the news recently, um, mainly because they, they've sort of upset a few customers by, uh, there was a bit of a glitch, but they've actually now got 1.8 million customers in the UK. They are what's called the app only banks so there's no branches there's no checkbook there's just an app and one of these these cards here a quite a nice look, looking little card um monzo card and it's it's like a, a debit card and it, you can only sort of draw out what you've got on on the the account so when you open it which was surprisingly easy i did it on the phone normally these things take ages but it just went bang 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 next thing i open an account obviously a bit of verification and that sort of thing but you know, you just um, take a photo of your passport and, and stuff and they just and, and license. You just scan over it and and they verify that uh, it, it was quite amazing, really. And it's, I find it very useful because when you spend on it, it immediately tells you what you spent. This little sign comes up on your app on the phone. It goes like a ching ching, like a uh, ching ching, kind of a, a till ringing. And it will say you know, £2.50 for a coffee in Starbucks. And it was it will say it on, on the app. So you immediately know what you're spending. You might think, well, so what? Anybody would know that. But if you've got a, a payment coming out, um, I use it for business uh, transactions. So if I've if I paid something uh, or set it up to pay Facebook, for instance, Facebook advertising, it would tell me when Facebook had taken that money. So if I think I've stopped an ad and it, it hasn't stopped, it's still running and Facebook is still taking the money, you know, you wouldn't know that usually until you get your credit card bill with the Monzo app. You know, you're, you're, it will tell you immediately when someone's debited your account. Uh, I also use it for ClickFunnels. And that's how I found out that ClickFunnels were overcharging me uh, because I I'd, I'd upgraded at one point, then downgraded. Then I changed cards and they immediately upgraded me again. And it was a difference between sort of $90 and 2 $300 so it's quite a big amount and it was only when this this card told me right they've debited $300 from you that I realized that you know I was being overcharged it took a bit of a job getting getting them to refund it as well I had to, I had to email quite a few times before somebody eventually got it and then just emailed me uh, emailed me back and then refunded me so I, I find it quite a good card um, and you know, it's just just a useful debit card. I keep it as a separate card for business transactions, so that I don't have to go through. You know, it saves me opening up a business account, which is is a, is a major hassle now. To open a business account for certain things, 
Um, you, you need to see a business manager and it takes two weeks to see them. And then it takes another three weeks to get the account open with, with Monzo for my business expenses, you know, mileage and fares and meetings and that sort of thing. I just opened that straight away and, and the card come within a day or two. It was, it was amazing. However, it is quite a new bank. In fact, I, I think they did a lot of crowdfunding to raise the money. And I, I, at one point they were selling shares through through the kind of customer database a crowdfunding way of selling shares or issuing shares and i missed out on that because they were oversubscribed but um they're doing quite well uh you know like anything i you've got to be careful with these smaller banks these challenger banks because you know they could get into trouble so i wouldn't put all your money in there um particularly if you've got more than eighty five thousand pounds because you're only covered under the government protection scheme up to eighty five thousand pounds so you know, it's okay to have as a, a separate bank, but I wouldn't put more than that in into some of these challenger banks. Metro Bank, of course, have had a bit of problem. They're another new kid on the block, and they're they're a useful bank. Seven days a week, open all day, all night. You know, you've got safety deposit boxes there. They're they're in places where you can park, like shopping malls, and very good. But they they've they've got into a bit of trouble, and they've had to um, you know their, their value I think is halved on on the stock market, and they've had to recapitalize because they've overstretched themselves in terms of lending so just just a word of caution on these challenger banks okay another bit of news here mortgage approvals uh, at their highest since 2017 which is not that long ago really but they said highest since 2017 in fact 43,000 mortgages were approved in april which is up 11.5 percent and uh, you know that's great it's according to uk finance their trade body and these are only the main high street banks, of course, not not the challenger banks, but they make up most of the lending. And I expect that would include remortgages, uh, buy to lets. I don't know if it includes uh, equity release, but, uh, you know, it shows that people are borrowing, they're moving. A lot of people are remortgaging uh, because of the cheap rates that are around. I mean, I'll come on to that in a second, but there are very, really some very good deals on at the moment in, in terms of rates and they may not last uh, because some some of the banks are, are pulling out of of the market like uh, tesco bank for instance but like first time buyer low deposit rates where you're, you're borrowing quite a high percentage from two percent with barclays two-year fixed with santander from 1.44 percent which is pretty good rate obviously these are where you have quite hefty deposits or low loan to value like 40 50 60 percent deposits or uh, maybe 100% deposit, but anyway, 40% deposit on, on average. Three-year fixed Barclays, 1.63. Again, it's a headline rate, depending on deposit that you're putting down and or you've got equity of that amount. There's long-term fixed, 2024, 1.81% and 2026, 1.98%. So that's a pretty good fixed uh, rate. It's expected that rates might go up again, and those are both with Barclays. There's some tracker rates, which track the rates up or down, 1.38% with the leads. Now, it's always a, a gamble as to whether you take a tracker rate or, or a fixed rate, you know, what, what's going to happen. I don't think rates are going to go down, though, personally. There's some good, pretty good buy-to-let rates out there, 1.46% tracker. The post office have come in with a uh, up to 75%, 2.48% fixed until 2024. That's that's a pretty good, pretty good deal there from the post office. Uh, you wouldn't immediately think that the post office were into the buy-to-let market. Um, that's so, so a lot of people are borrowing. I, I find that, yeah, the, the market is in a slump. House prices in London have certainly dipped every month for the last 12 months. And in some, some areas have gone down 15 to 20%. So 
in any other language, that would be a mini crash, really. A lot of people are borrowing money uh, on equity release. And these are people that are perhaps retired. They've got a big house, no mortgage, but no money coming in. They've got no income. They're asset rich, rich cash poor. And some of these people are quite serious. They, they can't even afford to heat the house. They've got like one heater going in one room. So by taking out an equity release mortgage or scheme, you can pull out equity from your house. And there are various types of schemes. Some schemes you don't make any repayments. Some schemes that the money's invested into an annuity. Sometimes they just give you the cash. So you need to take independent advice on all these things, but especially in equity release, you need to find a specialist in that. But it can be a useful tool if, if you're retired. Uh, I think it only works normally people in their 70s upwards, but there are various schemes. You've got to look into that. And if you're retired, you haven't got much income, you need a bit of money, you might need the money to spend on the house. You might need money to help your grandchildren buy their first house, whatever it is. And most of these schemes are uh, that the mortgages or the loans are paid off when you die or when you move house, of course. So it, I, I think it's a good way of um, pulling money out of, of the house because sometimes that's people's greatest or only asset. It also reduces uh, inheritance tax, of course, if you do that. Now, other little statistics here. Do you know what the average weekly pay is in the UK? That's remained pretty steady. It's gone down slightly. It's actually £528 a week, so about 25000 a year. So if somebody lives in, uh, you know, the London area and even the average flat, and that's just the greater London area, is, you know, a quarter of a million, you need, ten you need a mortgage of 10 times that just to get a, a small little flat in the London area. And in some areas, it would be even more than that if you go in towards central London or expensive parts of the suburbs in, in Surrey and uh, places like St Albans or Stanmore or whatever, you know, you'd need quite a lot of uh, deposit there to get to get uh, a property. It's always been difficult to buy property. It's never been that easy. When I first bought my property, I had to save and, you know, more or less go and beg for a mortgage because they didn't give out mortgages very easily. Uh, and sometimes you'd have to take an endowment policy to get a mortgage. So it was it was never that difficult. But I think now it is more more difficult because the, the prices have gone up so much high, faster than income. So incomes haven't really kept up. But you know, we could see a drop in prices. I personally think prices need to come down a bit more, but but who knows? What's the unemployment rate? Well, there's around 1.3 million people unemployed. Those are the official figures, around 3.8%. So that's not too bad compared to, to some countries in, in Europe, particularly. Um, you know, manufacturing up 1.2%. Well, you, you'd have thought with, with all this Brexit stuff that manufacturing would be going through the floor, but actually manufacturing is up. Retail sales up 5.2%. RPI, retail prices, also up, which is not such good news. Uh, that, that's the sort of inflation rate, if you like, 3%, which is creeping up a little bit. So will will the Bank of England put up interest rates to curb that? We don't know. Price of gold is up. Ah, now you, you get price rises in gold and precious metals when people are uncertain about the markets, as they are at the moment with um, you know Donald Trump and trade wars and that sort of thing. Uh, but gold is up. It just reminds me of when gold was our all our gold reserves. I think it was billions of pounds worth of gold was sold off to the Chinese. Or was it 400 million by Gordon Brown years and years ago? And since then, the price has quadrupled, meaning that we've we've actually lost billions of, of pounds. I think the estimate in 2010 was we'd lost seven billion by by Gordon Brown selling off the. Now the idea really is to 
buy low, sell high. But his his thing was to high and sell low. Uh, but that, there you go. These are government officials. Bitcoin up eight thousand five hundred for a Bitcoin. But I expect that could change tomorrow. It could change by the time you hear this, by the time I've uploaded this, it may have changed. It may have gone up or down. Who knows? I, I personally don't want to invest in something that A, I don't understand and B, is so volatile that who knows what would happen to it. Um, other bits of news. Um, how do you, if, if you'd invested your money into the FTSE, the FT, uh, FT Stock Exchange 100 Index, that's the index of the 100 top companies in, in the UK. Um, what, how would you've done over the last few years? Now, let's say oh, you don't buy all the shares in that in the in the FT index, but you can get index tracking funds that track that that index pretty closely. So how would you have done if you'd been in a tracker fund put in straight into the FT 100 index over the last year? Now, obviously, you'd have charges in there, but this is just the way the, the FT has, has moved over the last year. How do you think you would have done in the last year? Well, it's actually down 6.7 percent. However, with dividends, that that loss actually comes to a slight gain of 1.8% if, if you include the dividends. But the actual market price has, has gone down in the last year. But companies pay out dividends even with the share prices going down. Most companies do in the, in the FT100 index. So you might have got a 3 or 4% dividend. That's, that's a share of the profits called a dividend. And, you know, usually you can get a dividend of anywhere between 2 and 5% on a, on a typical uh, blue chip share. Okay, so that, that, that's over one year. Over three years, how would you have done? Well, a little bit better. The market would have gone up by 14.9%. So call it 15%. Now, that doesn't mean it's 5% a year because it's compounding. But it's only gone up. Uh, so you could look at an average of 5% return, I guess. Um, and with dividends, though, if you had those dividends either reinvested or you've had the benefit of those dividends, you would have it would have gone up by 31% over three years. So... You know, that's not bad. Almost 10% on average a year over three years. Five years, not so good, though. Five years, only 4.6% or 28% with dividends. So that's not a very good return. 28%, you know, it's not even 5% a year. And then over 10 years, 62%, uh, which is, you know, you call it 6% average, but it's not quite, it doesn't really work out like that. But, um, you know, and that with the dividends reinvested, that would have been, 138% over that, that five-year period. So that, that's not a bad return in an index fund. Um, you know, inflation over that same sort of period, you know, was 2 to 3%. So that, that's not a bad return over five years. And, and the stock market is a long-term investment. Now, if you're not an expert in investing, but you want to put your, your money into something other than uh, an interest-bearing type account or an ISA, then... The stock market is usually the next best thing for people to, to, to go into. And where you don't know how to pick stocks yourself, and you don't understand how the market works, then the index fund is, I mean, an index tracker fund is usually the next best thing, as advised by people like Warren Buffett, who said, well, you know, if you're not an expert, instead of giving your money to people who manage your fund, if you like, uh, like unit trusts in this country or um it, it, they, they call it a different name in America, uh, mutual funds. Um, but, you know, they, 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 they these funds employ fund managers at great expense. They're not always that very good at managing the funds. They usually can't beat these index, these indexes. If you 
you know, if you look at some of the funds over the over the, the managed funds where they're, they're actually supposed to be actively managed and picking out stocks, you'll find that most of their performances would have been worse than the average movement of, of these funds themselves. So Warren Buffett and, and many experts, uh, expert investors do not recommend using fund managers uh, because because of their poor performance and, of course, because of charges. Now, charges can really eat into your your overall return, especially over the, the many years. It might look like a small amount, 2%, 3% charges. It doesn't look very much, does it? £3 in every 100 But over the years, when that fund is growing, then that 3% becomes 3% of 1,000, 3% of 10,000 and 100,000. You know, if you've got 100,000 in your fund, that's 3,000 coming out. And that that money is coming out before it's invested. So, you know, you're not enjoying the growth on that money either. So overall charges can have an effect of 30, 40 percent on your overall return. And that includes the charges on things like pension schemes that you, you might be in. So that's just giving you an idea of how the, the, the market's performing. Um, you might feel that you've done better if you if you have been invested in property because property tends to double every 10 years or so, seven to 10 years, maybe in some areas. Um, so the stock market has gone up by 138% with dividends. But the, the property market, I think, has done a bit better than that because if you've doubled the, your, the value of your property and you've had rent, you know, that's that's quite a big um, income as on top of the the doubling of the value of the of the asset so and and of course you can buy a property with a loan you don't need all of the money to put down into a property to buy a property but you can't get a loan really to buy you know 100 shares in the ft100 index at least not at least not unless it's secured against something like a property so that that just gives you an idea there um a couple of bit of scams to, to watch out for and one is the, uh, the, the the financial conduct authority are looking into this the prepaid funerals these are where you give a company a lump of money and you're guaranteed a funeral apparently some of these schemes are not all they're cracked up to be and the F, the financial conduct authority are looking into it to how these schemes are marketed and, and they should be regulated more closely i agree because you know your funerals are a very difficult time for families and they're often it's at their most vulnerable time that they're, they're sometimes ripped off and funerals can be enormously expensive and can be a burden to some people to take that burden away they, they pay for a funeral so my funeral is sorted out but if that company goes under well you won't be going under <laughs> if you know what i mean um the other way of course is to take out a life insurance policy so that that policy pays out perhaps directly in trust to to your family so that they can pay for a funeral that that's the simplest way of doing it to be honest uh, but you, you've got to take your own advice on that another scam that's been highlighted is a multi-level marketing or mlm mlm scheme uh, by a coffee company that claims to help people to lose weight and this company's got i think it's called valentures or valentures something like this american company where they market this coffee and it's done through a lot of uh, influencers on instagram showing their great body i drink this coffee and it's i've lost all this weight and all this sort of stuff i mean it it reeks of a scam doesn't it and i'd say to people wake up and smell the coffee literally um but they they've been criticized because you know people are losing thousands of pounds on this you know some one one lady in the in the sunday times said that she had bought about two thousand pounds worth of stock and then 
yeah, she'd recruited a few people and they were buying this coffee, but it was so expensive that she was having to sell it at a discount. And yeah, she was selling a bit, but in order to qualify, but you know, you've got to qualify for the, for the bonuses that you get on your team and your downline, you have to buy 150 pounds worth of stuff or goods. And this is quite common across the board. You have to keep buying 150 pounds worth of stuff every month. Otherwise you don't get the bonus on your, on your, your downline. And you know, who spends 150 pounds a month on coffee? You can't consume that much of stuff, can you? I mean, maybe vitamins, maybe cons- proper consumables, you might be able to consume that much of, of goods. But this is where I, I think there's, there's a catch. And a lot of agents don't realise that they are the punters. They are the customers, really, that they're just recruiting people to sell to you. And these not shouldn't be confused with pyramid schemes, but some of these schemes are, are sailing near the mark. Now, I'm not saying these schemes are illegal. They are legal and they're registered but they're just not very good deals for the people who put the money in and in fact the in america the federal trade association said that and this is a fact 99 percent of people who invest their money in mlm schemes lose it okay 99 percent of people lose their money in multi-level marketing schemes that means the only people who are making money are the top one percent so that's a, a very pinnacle of the, the pyramid if you like i use the word pyramid they're not pyramid schemes but it, it is like a pyramid and uh in terms of the hierarchy and structure and yeah only one percent of the people are, are making any serious money and i've met a few people who are making serious money but most of the people i've met including moi have, have lost money in in mlm schemes and yeah if you're going to go into these things i would go with established companies that have been around for 30 40 even 50 years that that sell a repeatable product that you can actually use like household goods like vitamins like you know on the other hand some of these products are in my opinion quite expensive so people might say why would i pay five pounds for a toothpaste just because it's made of organic stuff or why would i pay you know six pounds for this little uh, jar of soap or or soap powder just because it's organic when there's other organic products on the market in the supermarket or, or stuff you can go down in poundland and buy for a pound you know so that 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 is the drawback with these schemes. I know that people want to build a business on the side, but I I would just be very careful on any of these MLM schemes and look to the reputation of the company, look to how long they've been in business. I I was with a company once that that went out of business, so all of this so-called future commissions that you're going to retire on and and you know make films from an island saying hi yeah, I'm I'm on this island, it all went down the drain literally because the company went bust. And it's surprising that some of these companies do go bust because you wonder how they would when they're getting all this money coming in. They're, they're selling out a cheap product. They don't have to have warehouses and that sort of thing. And they charge the agents for everything from order forms and the bits of paper and the brochures you buy. How do they lose money? It, it's it's strange, actually. It's very strange. So, And obviously, these companies have to be careful of the claims they make. But the impression they give you is that you can live this luxury lifestyle by doing a few hours a week work. And it's all very easy. You recruit two people and each of those recruit two people and each of those recruit two people. And it goes down like they have this chart, don't they? Like this hierarchy chart. And uh, yeah, it all looks grand, but it's not that easy. It's not, not as easy as, as, they, as you think anyway. Uh, some people do make it in, in MLM and, you know, it, it's great if you can. But, you know, if you're looking for a part-time business, you can also look at direct sales. You can look at something where you're just selling a product and getting commission. Anyway, that, that's all for now then. Um, I hope that's been useful. My advice is if you want to stay abreast of money and business and 
the markets and that sort of thing. So read some of the quality Saturday and Sunday newspapers like The Times, Sunday Times, Telegraph and, and so on. And Financial Times on the Saturday is really good. So check out those and, uh, you know, so you can educate yourself on what's going on. And even if you just read some of the headlines or go down the library and read it. OK, so that's all for now. This has been Charles Kelly bringing you money tips, helping you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. So that's the, the financial news for early June. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 